Welcome to Reflections from the Heart, presented by Stewardship, a mission of faith. Reflections from the Heart with your host, David Abel, is an outreach of gospel reflection, a ministry of stewardship, a mission of faith. For the next 30 minutes, please join David as he breaks open the bread of life in the gospel reading for Sunday's Mass. And as the same Holy Spirit who inspired the biblical writers, inspires us today with the truths he reveals to our hearts through his word. Now, here's David with Reflections from the Heart. Welcome, everyone, to another session of Reflections from the Heart. My name is David Abel. Today, I'm joined by Rob Longo, Tom Terrace, and Tom DeAngelis. Welcome, one and all. Thanks, Thanks David. David. Awesome, awesome. If everybody would take a moment and get their Bibles, we're going to turn to the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 4, verses 1 through 11. But, Rob, do you mind uh, inviting the Holy Spirit in so we can break open the bread of life to see how Jesus wants to speak to us today? Yeah, I would love to. In the name of the, the Father, Father, the Son, Son Holy, Holy Spirit, Spirit. Amen. 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 Heavenly Father, thank you for... Your love. Thank you for this day, this opportunity, just to be, just to be alive, to uh, to experience your love and your mercy. Thank you for the gift of Lent. As we begin our Lenten journey, Lord, we just ask you, please, to to hold us, to draw us closer to you, help us to uh, persevere in our prayer and our fasting and our giving uh, each day. Help us to uh, to desire to grow one step closer to you. Lord, please open our hearts as we break open the word, the gospel that we he- that we will hear this Sunday, and uh, give us the the docility, please, uh, to be changeable, to be moldable, to be teachable, and then uh, just give us the courage to live the gospel in all aspects of our lives as husbands, as wives, as fathers, as mothers, as brothers, sisters, aunts, uncles, friends, in every aspect. Of our lives, and we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Father, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. And Tom, do you mind giving us a little bit of gospel love today? Sure. The gospel today is from Matthew chapter four, verse one to eleven. At that time, Jesus was led by the Spirit into the desert to be tempted by the devil. He fasted for forty days and forty nights, and afterwards he was hungry. The tempter approached him and said, "If you are the Son of God, command these stones become loaves of bread." He said in reply, It is written, One does not live by bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and made him stand on the parapet of the temple and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down. For it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and with their hands they will support you, lest you dash your foot against the stone. Jesus answered him, Again it is written, You shall not put the Lord your God to the test. Then the devil took him up to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their magnificence. And he said to him, All these I shall give to you if you will prostrate yourself and worship me. At this Jesus said to him, Get away, Satan. It is written, The Lord your God shall you worship, and him alone shall you serve. Then the devil left him. And behold, angels came and ministered to him. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. When you read that last line, Tom, then the devil left him. And behold, angels came and ministered to him. I was thinking about my time of almost 40 years in the desert when I was blind and deaf and dead to sin, quite honestly, since the age of probably eight to the age of 46, so about 38 years, where I really truly was, was the dead man walking, I guess you would say. And when the Lord 
pulled me out of that death to sin, when the Lord set me free, God, he sent so many people to me as angels of mercy that ministered to me and helped me to rebuild me as a man, as a son, as a father, as a husband to be. I'm telling you, it was profound. And so for me, I want to now look for the opportunities where I can be that messenger of hope, that angel that is sent by God into other people's lives to breathe mercy compassion, not judgment, not condemnation, to love them where they're at, to bring them out and set, help set them free through what Jesus Christ did for each and every one of us. So for me, when you read that, this just really rang out at me because, boy, did God send angels into my life. You know, as human beings, they came and they ministered to me and they ministered with love, mercy, compassion, forgiveness. Oh, my that we all could do that and be those angels to others that need to taste that unconditional love of the Lord. As we begin our Lenten journey and we talk about prayer, fasting, and, and almsgiving, some, sometimes the hardest thing to give is our time, right, to alter our schedule, to allow ourselves to be interrupted. And, uh, you know, that's the most precious gift we have. It's, it's the equalizer, right? No matter how old, young, rich, poor, tall, short, whatever, uh, we all have 24 hours if we're blessed with it, with a day. So the time that that we're called to share, uh, you know, that's the only way people are going to know, David. You know, when we talk about how can we be that for others, you know, they, they don't feel it from a distance. Absolutely pray for them. Absolutely pray for them. But they're not going to feel and experience God's love directly unless we allow ourselves to be interrupted and we, and we give the gift of our time. So when we talk about prayer, fasting, and almsgiving, I'm really going to pray and uh, ask God's help to to intentionally be more generous with my time. You talk about being interrupted. I remember um, reading St. Teresa of Avila and then John of the Cross and then more recently St. Dominic about um, the importance of prayer and being in prayer. But every one of them, and I'm, I'm sure that there are other saints that you can find the same advice in, it says that you know, if you if you miss the liturgy of the hours, or you miss your prayer time, or you miss your time in contemplation, and for all of these, the Carmelites, the Dominicans, that's a very important time, because you're providing a service to somebody else, or you're spending time with another person who needs your help, um, or you've been interrupted because they need something from you, that you should never ever worry about your prayer, your, you know, your prayer, because your your service to the other person is your prayer. And so God looks at that more, you know, as more blessed than than actually saying, "Oh no, I I'm, I can't help you right now. I have to pray," you know. So I think that's always an important thing to take a look at. Unfortunately, it's not always prayer that interrupt that interrupts us or keeps us from being present to our kids or our spouse or, you know, in my case with you know an older parent, my dad, you know, finding time in my schedule to get to spend some time with him, you know, he's going through rehab now at a nursing home and it's really been disruptive of my, you know, my normal regular daily schedule. Um, but you know, to find it an hour or two hours a day to spend time with him and just be present to him because mm-hmm. he's there by himself, you know? So, um, it's, it's a challenge, but I think about that as being part of my prayer, you know, it's, so the time I can't spend in front of the bus at sacrament, I spend with him and he's my blessed sacrament. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, just, it's a beautiful time. Because when one of our daughters was in the hospital for the first couple months of her life, um, I wasn't able to get to, to adoration. Someone shared that same thing. Like, wow, this is your chapel. When you're yeah, kneeling right. 
at the bedside of your, you know, one month old baby, and you're you're pouring your heart out. You're yeah. you're, it's you're your you're, chapel. You're, yeah, this is this is your chapel. This is your chapel. And you know, Tom, as you were sharing, the Lord gave me a little bit of a ditty. You know, I mean, our interruptions many times are divine appointments, yeah. and so He gave me the terminology: stop, look, and listen. Hmm. But stop means to be present in the moment, to just truly engage with who we're with at that very moment. Look. Look means to truly see, see with both the physical but also the spiritual eyes, and then to listen, to truly hear. Because to me, there's so many times you need to listen with spiritual ears to hear to hear or to see when a person's countenance is not right. If you know that they're carrying a weight or a situation happens where we hear something in their voice. And to me, that's all a refinement that God's doing in us. So that stop, cut loose from everything else and be in, in the present moment with that person. Look, look with both physical but also spiritual eyes to truly see what God wants us to see. And then listen. We listen to truly hear with both physical ears and, most importantly, with spiritual ears. Because God will set up these divine appointments, and if we truly have the eyes to see, the ears to hear, and then ask for the grace of a heart to respond with love, you'll be amazed at how God will use you every day in all kinds of situations. It's amazing. You know, I was in line at the grocery store, and my son, Zach, you know, I uh, wanted to bless somebody. He said, Dad, can we pay for the ladies' groceries behind us and use some of that money that somebody gave us to pay for our meal? Because we said we we're going to pass on that gift. I said, absolutely, Zach. I said, you go and you do it and you tell this lady you want to treat her to her groceries. He's 13 years old. Zach goes up there and said, ma'am, I'd like to treat you to your groceries. Oh, she said, no, 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 don't do that. He said, oh, no, I want to bless you. And just watching that whole interaction was so precious to <laughs> us. Awesome. And this lady yeah. lit up. It made her day. And the cashier lit up. It made her day. And so he paid the whatever, $16, whatever the price was, $32, I don't remember, paid for the groceries. Well, he felt he just had this little little float in his step as he walked out of the store. He was so happy that he was able to bless somebody. And then just like two weeks later, we got a letter in the mail from this lady. I don't know how she found out who we were or our address. But this letter was just a thank you to our son, Zach, who reached out to help somebody else. And then she told us she was going to take the gift that he gave, and she was going to use that to bless another. I'm telling you, if you walk through life and ask God for that gift every day to be a blessing to others and ask him to use you and then ask him to just allow you to stop, look, and listen, the opportunities will present themselves to be a blessing to others. God will give you the words to speak truth into their hearts. It will make your life a great adventure. So don't forget, stop. Don't let your mind swirl elsewhere. Look with both physical and spiritual eyes and listen with both spiritual and physical ears and watch God use you. And, and taking it from, from listen, uh, Marty Rotella, he, obviously you guys know Marty, but for those listening, Marty is, uh, is the flag bearer we have at Stewardship for our Spirit Power ministry. And uh, Marty's just an amazing gift, singer, songwriter, evangelist, goes around the world. And um, he, he's awesome. So we were, we were together last week at a school, and he, and he shared two things. One was listen, care, share. So you have stop, look, listen. So this kind of continues there. So listen, 
uh, with your eyes, like you said, just make, you know, stop, like you said, stop, listen with your eyes, care with your questions. So when someone is finished sharing, you know, telling you with their situation, ask some questions. So that shows that you care and then share. So if you, like, if you do what you said, David, stop, look, listen, and then continue that with listen, you know, overlapping with the listen and then care, ask questions and then share. Cause if we go, sometimes I go right in the share, people aren't going to know that I care. Right. I just, you know, yep. just kind of trump their bulldoze over their, uh, their situation. So, um, and then what a great thing to practice during Lent. Cause again, it takes patience, it takes time, it takes sacrifice to truly do that. Yeah. And then with your son, Zach, he was sharing, uh, with this, the students, Marty was sharing with the students about bullying and, um, you know, how the, the, the bystanders, you know, the 98% that aren't the bullies are not being bullied, right. but they're just kind of hanging out there. You know, we all are involved and, and play a role in, in what's going on. And he talks about uh, self-image as being probably the number one condition that we all suffer from is a, is a poor self-image. And he said the only way that your self-image rises is when you do good for another. He said, if I tell mm-hmm. you that you're beautiful, if I tell you that you're smart, if I tell you that you're athletic, you're going to feel good for a moment, but that's not going to boost your self-image. The only way that that rises is when you do good for another. So the way you were describing Zach walking out oh, of the store, was right, wasn't yeah. because someone told him how handsome he was. It was because he did good for that to that person. Yeah, yeah that's beautiful. You, you've heard that old saying, um, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care it's kind of like what you were saying rob if you if you don't demonstrate <clears throat> excuse me in your <clears throat> in your talking with them especially if you're just meeting them that you care about them by maybe asking a question clarifying what they said or just confirming what they said and then share with them you know they don't care as much when you know when you're just kind of telling them something versus when you've demonstrated that you care about them. I think too, David, that point you made about being kind of being in the present moment and being called back to the stop and, and listen. Um, <clears throat> I had a flash of insight too. It wasn't a ditty. It was actually more of a slam up a side of the head <laughs> uh, when I was um, drifting off. You know, you I go to mass daily and a lot of people do. I'm sure a lot of our listeners do too. And you, you get into the routine and sometimes you drift off and you're thinking about usually, I'm almost always thinking about the day and what's coming up and how I need to be prepared for this and how I need to be prepared for that. And I thought, you know, I, I caught myself doing that, and I thought, well, that's not good. I should be more in the present moment. And I thought, yeah, but that's not bad. I mean, this is a routine thing, and I'm thinking about, I'm pl- kind of planning my day. I'm, and, you know, it's God's time and all that stuff. And then it hit me. This was the slam up the side of the head. If you pay closer attention now to me, when you get to those things later— You'll have all your attention there, and you'll do a lot better. That's right. Because you're going to be, when you get there, you're going to be divided, and you're not going to do as well. So why don't you just be with me now, and then later on you can be with me there, and then later after that you can be with me, instead of being divided all the time. Like I'm not out there. You know, you always say that that prayer yeah. that you got from Father George. God's not in the future. Nope. He's right here, right now, and I keep drifting off and saying, "I got to get ready. I got to be prepared. I want to make sure I show up with, you know, at least mentally prepared." But it would be so much better if I would just gather myself now, be present to the Eucharist, you know, to Christ in the Eucharist there, and then when I come here, for example, then I can be 100 percent here. Yeah. You know, beautiful. Yeah, and I love it. This morning at mass, something really struck me. The priest said because I actually listened, and <laughs> see, boom, and he said, "Fast." From anything 
that keeps us from growing in an ever-deepening, intimate relationship with God during this Lenten season. He said, too many times people think, oh, it's food, it's candy, it's television, whatever. No, no, no. Fast from anything that keeps us from growing in an ever-deepening, intimate relationship with God, because that's really an obstacle. Mm -hmm. And so we need to fast from that, because why? During this Lenten season, well, let us grow ever deeper in that intimacy with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So thank you, Lord, for allowing me to listen and hear this morning at Mass, because boom, that, that just changed my perspective of fasting and set me on a journey to grow closer. Yeah, and all this uh, talk about, you know, our time and, you know, having patience and practice and active listening and being present, all that takes energy. And a lot of us don't have a lot of energy because we fill our days with so much activity. (laughs) So I think Jesus gives an example of going into the desert and not doing anything, but I'm sure praying. And that's where we can regain our energy or by simply going to bed early at night rather than doing whatever we're doing to get a good night's sleep. So we have energy to do all those things that we need to do. Staying up late watching the end of that movie that I didn't really even want to watch anyway. Maybe this Lent we could give that something like that up, you know, Mm. so that we can recharge ourselves and be present rather than just be present, you know, because we don't have the energy to listen to you because you're pouring all your troubles on me. I don't have, I can't take it all in because I have no energy myself. Tom, it's so practical. You know, sometimes we, we kind of get all highfalutin on our prayer and fasting and almsgiving, but that's a very practical suggestion, right? That, you know, we need to take care of the temple, which is our, our body, right? The temple of the Holy Spirit, good sleep, proper nutrition, all that is going to help us be the, the you know, the apostles, disciples, evangelists, you know, the friends that, that that's needed. Yeah, it's very, very mm-hmm. practical. Thank you. That's good. And I'm going to go back and again to another point you made, Tom, um, is Jesus taught by asking questions. And I, I wrote that down and I taped it on my computer monitor. I taped it on my desk. I taped it on my mirror in my car. I taped it on my mirror in my bathroom. Jesus taught by asking questions. It tells us to seek first to understand, not to be understood. And so for me, it's when we ask the questions that the greatest wisdom is taught and learned. And for me, I I too many times assume things. I want to fix things. I problem shoot. I got the answers. I can fix it. Stop. The Lord's saying, stop. Ask questions. Seek first to understand where are they coming from? Why did they do what they did? Because many times the idea I had in my head was wrong, and I've already preconceived the answer to something that was not correct. Mm -hmm. So for me, that's slowing down Stopping and asking questions allows that time of then pondering it with the Lord in my heart to then give biblical counsel, biblical wisdom as the Lord brings it to me. Because too many times I just go, zoom, and I got it all fixed. <laughs> and I'm like, wow, I never even asked the Lord on that one. It's like, oh, boy. And and for those of us who are, are parents uh, or grandparents, we have opportunities to to interact with our kids or grandkids and they they want to go down a certain road or make a decision that we know is a monumental uh, you know you know disaster waiting to happen instead of just giving our yes or no or whatever why why and and I think for me I, I used to fear that if I asked why and they gave you know a very well thought out articulate answer 
that I'm going to have to let them do this thing that I know is going to hurt them. And, you know, someone was instructing me, you know, give me some good parental advice. Now, sometimes the kids, you know, if we just give them the chance to explain their why, then we'll be able to explain our why mm-hmm. as to, you know, why right. doing this isn't in their best interest right now. And when you think about it, as long as their rationale for what they want to do is stuck in their head and they can't get it out, mm. it's not likely your, you know, your piece of information is going to get in there mm. because they haven't, you know, it's a, it's a great way to go at it. I mean, it was one of, it was one of Stephen Covey's seven habits, you know, seek first to understand then to be understood. And I, I practiced that, you know, I wish I would practice it more rigorously, but there were times when I really did practice it, uh, particularly at work. And it came to me at one time that what I'm really communicating, what I really want to get across when I ask questions initially and seek to understand is that I care and that I do understand what you're saying. So now that you've had a chance to kind of empty yourself, put all your stuff out on the table, and now you have a, a sense that I at least have the data, you know, I at least know what you thought, mm-hmm. and now I can listen to you. And I can now, me personally, I can more thoughtfully address your points and with my counterpoints and say, here's, yes, especially with kids, you know, yes, that is a, that's a wonderful way to look at it, but here's why that probably won't work in the long run. Because a lot of times it's that short run versus long run type of trade off that they just don't have the experience or the years or the know how to be able to realize, well, if you keep doing this over and over again, it's not going to end up in a good place, you know? Well, dad, it feels good. I really want, yeah, this is not going to go in a good place, you know? And, you know, I find it fascinating here. You know, Jesus went into the desert. He was led by the Spirit. You know, and for me, I want to be led by the Spirit every day of my life. And I believe the litmus test of are we being led by the Spirit is we experience the fruit of the Spirit. No matter the situation, we experience the love, the peace, the joy in some of the most toughest situations when we're truly led by the Spirit. Because Jesus was led into the desert, not like a nice place to go visit and stay 40 days. But he was led there. But you don't see him getting anxious or anxiety or anything else happening. But what you do see him doing is when the enemy tempts him, he rebukes him with the word of God. For it is written, for it is written, again it is written. He knows that he is the word, but he also knows the word in his heart. That's such an important lesson for each and every one of us. The Catechism of the Catholic Church says ignorance of sacred scripture, the Bible, is ignorance of Jesus Christ. We need to get the Word, consume it every day, so that that Word transforms us and we become that living Word to the world. The Word became flesh in Jesus Christ. We need to enflesh the Word to each and every person that we meet. So for me, man, I need to consume the Word every day because people will use the word against us. And perfect example, there's a division in the church, Catholics, non-Catholics, they call Protestants, whatever. You know what? Anybody that asks me a question about my Catholic faith, I take them right to the Bible, the word of God, and I share with them with love and humility where our teaching comes from biblically. You see, every Catholic teaching finds its deep roots in the Bible, sacred scripture. So for me, to be an instrument in the healing of the one body of Christ, I need to know the word. I need to know why we teach what we teach, and I need to know it biblically so that I can share with love and humility and be an instrument in the healing of that one body of Christ. And when you talk about 
being transformed by the Word of God. You know, the, the, I forget where one of, one of Saint Paul's letters: "Don't don't conform to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of our minds." Right? That we need whatever we input, whatever informs us, we're going to conform to. So if we, you know, do all this Christian stuff, but we still watch, you know hours and hours of TV that's not any good or listen to music that's not good or watch movies that are not that are not good it's it, it we're, it's not going to transform us because we're constantly being bombarded or informed by the stuff of the world right but making those decisions to inform right fill our minds and 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 our hearts with God and his goodness and his word then that's where the transformation is going to take place. So even if we go to daily mass or adoration or pray the rosary, if all the other hours of the day we're being informed by things of the world, then you know that transformation is not going to be complete. It's a conflicted message, yeah. and it's a constant confusion. So I agree 100% with you, Rob. Yeah, it's like people that drink soda and eat pies and candies and cake, and then at lunch they have a salad. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Why are you talking about me? <laughs> well, I do that too sometimes. Uh, I, I just heard uh, Father Schmitz, he, his talk at SEEK, uh, it's the big conference for Focus, Fellowship of Catholic University Students, and he was talking about his brother, uh, 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 X90 or PD? PX90, yeah. It's a 90-day workout? Yeah. Yeah, so he said, I'm an expert in PX90. Is that what it's called, PX? Yeah. PX90. I, I've so. started it so many times, yeah. but I haven't <laughs> finished it. And yeah, people come up to me, Father Schmidt just saying, people come up to me and say, hey, I, I know that. I, I, I just did it. And he's like, can I feel your muscles? I don't say that, <laughs> yeah. but I'm looking at him saying, you just did it? And, you know, yeah. and then his brother, he went, he had a brother who's 10 years younger, and they were together at a lake, and the brother took off his shirt. He's like, whoa, he's like, muscles everywhere. He's like, you did PX9? It was a difference. I see all these people saying they did it, but, you know, they don't look like you. He's like, well, you have to do the diet, too. Yeah. They give yeah. you an eating plan. So it's not like you can just do the workout and say, okay, I'm doing this workout, and I can eat anything <laughs> I want. Yeah, and then you eat gotta, pie and drink beer. Yeah, you got yeah. to do both. You got to do both. Yeah. Beautiful. And for me, just so everybody knows, I mean, for me, the Bible is the GPS on how to get home to eternal life with God in heaven. GPS, God's plan for salvation. He came out with it first. For me, I want to live and learn and follow the blueprint that God the Father gave to each of us as children on how to be the husband I'm called to be, how to be the father I'm called to be, how to be the son of God the Father, He desires me to be so that I can be transformed and then be a vessel that He can use to change and transform this world. We are called to take Christ into the world to be those vessels of change. God bless each and every one of you. Have a great day. Reflections from the Heart has been presented by Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. We hope that you've been blessed and encouraged as you listen to Reflections from the Heart. If so, you might consider participating in a Gospel Reflection Group. For information on locations and times of Gospel Reflection Groups, or how to start a Gospel Reflection Group in your area, please visit our website at stewardshipmission.org and click on Gospel Reflection Groups, or call us at 717-367-0100. Stewardship, a mission of faith, is a 501c3 nonprofit organization and depends on donations from people like you 
to make Reflections from the Heart possible. If you enjoyed this broadcast, please prayerfully consider making a tax-deductible donation by visiting our website or calling us at 717-367-0100. On behalf of David and the staff here at Stewardship, a Mission of Faith, thank you for listening. And until next time, may God bless, protect, and guide you on your journey home to Him.